Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You are here with your hosts, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. And we are back for episode 13. Um, what's up, Mark? What's new? Um, do you ever get uh, bored of doing the intro? No, because I feel like my voice is nicer to listen to than yours. Um. So we're not ever going to... I know we said One day we're going to mix it up and then people are like, what is going on? Yeah, we said we were going to get a jingle. <laughs> Fuck, we said we'd get a jingle back in episode fucking three and yeah. here we are, we still haven't... You know, the jingle of life isn't really very jingly right now, so we just... We'll find a jingle when it's right. And, you know, if you've got feedback based on it and you're a listener, let us know. Do you want to hear classical, a bit of techno to start yeah. off with, Mark M- singing maybe? maybe. Um, some country. Um, I've never been a country music listener, but I know... Can't that say that's a genre. I've, I've Shania Twain. Is that country? I don't think so. But you don't song, impress Let's me much. Go, girls. Yeah, no, you that don't impress a... me much. And going off of men that don't impress me much, this week, a little bit of a fucking sidetrack, I, on my own personal Instagram, received a message, (laughs) on request, obviously, we don't have a connection, from a man called Dennis. Dennis the Menace. (laughs) Dennis the Menace. Anyway, I got a message that read, Hello, sweetheart. How are you doing today? I'm Dennis. I hope you're good and nice meeting you. Your profile hits home with me and I'd like to see, I like the fact that you seem relaxed and very open. And if you would not mind, I would like to know more about you and see where it leads us. As I'm looking for a sugar baby to take care of your bills with 7,000 US dollars monthly. Please get back to me if you're interested. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, And do you know what my husband said? Do it. (laughs) Seven thousand dollars. I mean, I wonder if you've got seven grand. You think about that. That's what almost a hundred grand a year. Dennis has got a lot of money to be playing with. I mean, if he if he's willing to to pay my rent and pay for my gas and electricity bills, then (laughs) I will be sixty-five percent increase. This is. I'll lay it out to Dennis. Gas equals X a month. Yeah, it's a very. (laughs) This is a very modern society where people, you know like to do weird things and give random people money so. it's crazy though because dennis is clearly from the u.s and i wonder if dennis has contacted anybody else that i know dennis maybe he's nigerian from dennis is not nigerian dennis, dennis is, is from the u.s and if you look at his profile yeah. he looks a bit of a creep yeah. funny that it's because he's asking fake. women over the internet the funny thing is is that my profile is probably the least explicit and uh, you're pretty much in every photo aren't you yeah maybe he's trying to maybe get, he wants a three try, trying to get to me through you Oh, okay, so this is where Mark thinks that everybody wants you. Do you know what I mean? Your entrepreneurial life. Yeah, <laughs> we had a massive argument the other day because Mark keeps on referring to himself as an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I don't think you know the dictionary textbook of what an entrepreneur really is. Yeah, if you look up the word entrepreneur, you'll find a picture Garlic. of my face next to it. And Dennis's, clearly, because Dennis is... No, Dennis um, is. It's a bit bizarre, though. Social I mean, I wish different. it was true that uh, literally what somebody would just give you seven grand. It is true. It's not the first time. Let's talk about the foot fetish. Yeah, I just don't believe it. What do you mean? One of my friends received ten grand off of a guy to sending a pair of underwear to him. Yeah, I just think that... Yeah, but the thing is, though, a man has openly slab. said that he likes to stick his penis in women's trainers and whether or not I would be willing to send my trainers to him. I think it's out there. I mean, if you don't ask, you don't get, do you? 
Yeah. For some women, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, seven thousand US dollars a month is quite you got appealing. That exchange rates looking very attractive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, very attractive. You know, every month. But then it's like when Dennis flies across from the US to the UK, yeah. we won't be having such a good time, will yeah, we? No, we'll rent a we'll rent a hotel room and then we'll beat him up. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. I love that you psychopath. You think Dennis is a bit weird. We You're mug right. him. We mug him. I we're, don't think we we we're don't. African. We'll take his shoes. Don't we'll class me as African. I'm not African. I'm very British, yeah. and I'll be dealing with this in a British line <laughs> cue we'll manner. Them. We'll extort them. Yeah. I mean, anyway, moving on. Today we're going to talk about calories and sugar babies, no <laughs> jelly babies. Yeah. Um, we're going to actually just talk about calories. What our thoughts are on you know, calorie tracking, when is it suitable, what's the vibe with calories on menus, mm. everything to do with calories, because it's another C word of the industry, which I think sometimes can feel like it's the make and break of everybody's life. Um, um, and sometimes... You know, just, just a slight devil's advocate, there is a certain, you know, 20% of that statement, there is, calories do drive the process, so... But what process? The process of maintaining good health, maintaining, yes. Well, not necessarily but not maintaining necessarily. good health, but you know, if you're looking to increase your weight or decrease your weight, having a very based understanding on calories and calorie intake and stuff like that is. I think very actually, handy. based off what you just said on calories in, you know, and you know, increasing or decreasing, I actually think the most important is this understanding to maintain, mm. because. You know, when it comes to calories in general, you know, our industry is known for very much saying that that is the be all and end all of making progress. Now, progress, as we've mentioned on many podcasts before, comes in many different forms. You know, it, it, it's very dependent on the individual. And as Mark said, that obviously calories do dictate a process as such. But more often than not, we see so many people who maybe have been introduced to calories and calorie tracking, but not necessarily in the best and sustainable way. And I think a lot of people then end up, you know, mm. eating yeah. less and, you know, all of this and actually have no idea how to maintain yeah, it. You know, it comes with a bit of a caveat. Like if you are calorie tracking and you're using a five to seven or even greater 700 uh, calorie deficit reduced off your total daily energy expenditure, it's going to be, you know, an uphill battle in terms of trying to maintain that and a find it enjoyable. So, yeah, like but Georgia I think says, in... like what we want to cover today is the benefits and drawbacks of obviously calorie tracking, and then if you are willing and wanting to do it, like how to kind of set that process up as well. I think also, and also, what happens when you don't want to track or you're lose, yeah. you lose. It's not about losing motivation with tracking. I think it comes to a point where, like you know, we you know, unless we have a very structured goal ourselves, you know, mm. and the same with clients. You know, we're not, you know, yes, you need to be aware potentially of what you're consuming. Like, neither me or Mark are blessed with any kind of genetics of being able to not care about potentially how much we consume. In fact, actually, on a sidetrack, how many calories do you think you have been able to consume in one day alone? Oh. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. Yeah, over 10,000, like... Easy. I, I would say 20, 25. 25,000? 20, Easy. How Easy. did you consume that many calories? I went one... to, after my last... Did you go to an all-cuisine buffet? After my last <laughs> uh, bodybuilding show, 
I went to Bodine's and I sat down and I had a meal for eight people and I literally <laughs> ate it by myself to the point where there was a group of women sitting across uh, uh, the restaurant and they were basically like, that's borderline disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting actually, yeah. eating that. It's yeah. like man versus food. It's yeah, kind that of That was just one meal and then that was then chased down by numerous tubs of Ben and Jerry's. Do you think 25,000? I guess a tub of Ben and Jerry's you'd probably be looking at, yeah. I, I mean, ate like four, four, four full portions of ribs. Like, I wouldn't have been wanting to be sharing the bathroom with you after I that. Know. Explosive. <laughs> oh my God, please don't. You know what? Your bathroom habits have been exposed on this podcast. And I, I mean, I'm sure if some men are listening to this, you'd probably agree. Men yeah, and your bathroom I mean, habits are disgusting. Yeah, I mean, in every way. And also, I'd love to know, and I know that some people and other you know, men that we're friends with and you know, male friends mm. say the same, but mm. like, why men feel the need to spend so long on the toilet? Like it's, it's like just, you sit there having a full-on fucking It's a sacred life. place where, sacred where place. you know the world's greatest ideas are invented. You basically what your entrepreneurial yeah, ideas come where, on the toilet. That's where you have an epiphany. Do you know what I mean? Is it? Do you yeah. really think? Because yeah. I just think, why would you want to just mull in this? Do you know what I mean, just get it, you know, sort it out, get out. Yeah, but your own brand never smells as bad as somebody else's. <laughs> your own brand. Do you know what I mean? When you smell Tesco owned brand versus Sainsbury's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's different disgusting. gut bacteria. Then obviously it's let's not. No, we don't need to go into gut bacteria of different yeah. people's smells. We all know that. No, I um, and my parents will, will always use this against me to try and embarrass me. But like when I was growing up, I just and still to this day, to a certain degree, <laughs> yeah. have to take my clothes off when I go to the toilet, and that is just a ventilation thing <laughs> so like they're like would you go into an office in a full suit and blazer and blah 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 and take all your clothes off until you were blazer. naked <laughs> yes i would i'd have a hanger i'd hang everything up <laughs> oh, you because it's just the way you know, that life needs to i run. sweat so much regardless of you know any form of activity that yeah i know it's kind that of exer- that gross. level of exertion can cause me to perspire Profusely. I don't know why I'm married to you, to be quite honest. The way you literally speak about yourself, I'm slightly concerned. I'm just being honest, though. Everybody tries to pretend like everybody is, you know, on their, on their moral high horses. Yeah, but and we all need to reality. go to the toilet at some point. Yeah, like, this literally. is the reality. Not everybody farts <laughs> roses. You know what I mean? um, no, I don't think anybody farts roses. In fact, there is a girl that's been saying on the news that's actually selling her farts in jars. Yeah, and it's you need just, to. You can't not fibre for that. If you buy a fart in a jar, you really need to examine Dennis, yourself. Dennis, that's Dennis. <laughs> Dennis is buying farts in jars. Uh, do you think he would if if he asked you to fart in a jar and I farted in the jar? Do you think you'd be able to tell the difference? No, obviously not. These guys are just weirdly obsessed with just weird bodily fluids being preserved for it's years. Really, on end. It's it's quite concerning. Well, it's like you said the other day that Elon Musk. Oh yeah, Elon Musk seems to be quite a prominent person in the news at the moment. Yeah. Because he he looks like the stereotypical billionaire, doesn't he? He's just been mm, a photographed, mm. very pale, needs a bit of vitamin yeah, D needs in to that. Get that. But at least he's minutes. been working in the office, you can tell. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. um he's been you said the other day, isn't doesn't he want to preserve He wants to try and reproduce with uh, not necessary to have intercourse with as many women as possible, but he is preserving his own sperm and then artificially inseminating uh, women so that he can then 
you know make as many children as possible because it's his view that the biggest existential crisis humanity is currently facing is a reduction in population. No, I wouldn't say that. Fertility <laughs> levels are dropping. Uh, in Western societies, uh, people are having less children. Yeah, I know. And I also think that comes down to a cost factor also, and also just yeah. life in general. But also, why do we need loads of Elon Musks running around? I mean, there's only a certain amount of Teslas we can develop. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And soon enough, they'll move all those children to another planet in fucking space. To Mars, yeah. To Mars, yeah. It's all very weird. But anyway, going yeah. back to calories, um, Mark obviously said that he can consume tens of thousands yeah, of calories loads. in one day. Loads. That's a bit gross, to be quite honest with you. But I think it's easily said than done. And I think mm. if you're as going off of like being able to maintain some kind of level of body weight throughout your life. I think it's important to say that you're, as we've said on many podcasts before, you know, your body changes and adapts as you you age and also, you know, mm. things change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having children can change, you know, can change that. There's a lot that comes down to it. Yeah. But I think being able to not fall into a yo-yo cycle of restriction and then overdoing it and piling it all back on and then mm. restriction again and actually understanding that as much as you want to, I don't know, many people don't want to accept that calories are the driving force behind this. Um, but I guess it's an over, very oversimplified way of trying to explain the metabolic processes of the human body to the general population without going into the weeds on the you know the nuanced topics do you know what i mean like yeah i think though it's important that as we calories are very important but if you were just eating let's say 1800 calories to 2000 calories or whatever your calorie intake is and it was from rubbish processed foods i use that in inverted commas but you know food that doesn't have high amounts of nutrients you know, is that going to give you the same results as eating a nutrient-dense diet with the same amount of calories? Yes, because of things like the thermic effect of food, mm. digestion, and, you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and you can go as deep as you want to go. Um, I think one of the first eye-openers to calories was Super Size Me. Is it Super Size Me, the movie? Where yeah, effectively you... the guy, you probably, if you've, you're listening, you probably watched it mm. at some point or seen it, where the guy consistently ate McDonald's every meal for, I think it was a month, two months? Yeah, every three times a day um, for, th- yeah, for 30 and, days. And to prove the fact that like McDonald's wouldn't, wouldn't make you necessarily gain weight as such. Was it that? It was something like... It was an eye-opener. No, it, it was to show you actually what the impact of eating fast food every single day yes, had that, the yeah. impact on your uh, your blood lipids and your, you know, he had low testosterone. He was on his way to being diabetic. His internals were, were not declining rapidly, but I think his overall body weight was pretty stable. Yeah, and so obviously there is, going I mean, off what Mark said... We like, could be completely wrong. I mean, it was oh in two, 2000, so you have to watch it. It's on Netflix. 2000 or... was 22 years ago. I oh, know. It's actually kind of, oh God. Mm. Oh dear. And yeah. <laughs> I always think about like 2000, like I always think back, when was the iPhone invented? 2007, and then work my way around there. Is that you like, really like? Do you actually live off? I of the think app? feel like the i like the launch of the iPhone was quite a huge 
milestone. Well, yeah, for technology, maybe. Yeah. Bill Gates would argue that. Um, yeah. But, like, everything was pretty rudimentary up at all, up until him to a certain degree. There's something about an iPhone. And if you're an Android listener, mm. you know, maybe you'll disagree. Or a smartphone in general. Because your parents are Android users. I just, I physically can't break the Apple. I've got everything Apple. Mm. Not to sound like a complete twat, yeah, but... but r- I've got everything I've always run off of Apple. But, um... Um, one of our clients, uh, Mandy, she's just got a whole bunch of Apple stuff and she's trying to work her way around trying to connect other headphones to this and it's just not Yeah, happening. if it's not Apple, fuck off, like literally. Like, literally. No um, but no, I think, you know, going off of calories and supersize me and obviously like that was years and years ago, but I think it opened up the eyes of the fact that potentially, you know, most people in the in the grand scheme of weight loss or weight gain the same with like if it fits your macros and stuff for mm. many many years kind of rode off the fact that you didn't need to really be con- very considerate about your nutritional mm. profile when mm. actually yeah. you do and it's becoming more and more apparent that you do need to you, care to some degree as to how much you're putting in what you're putting into your body as to like how much you are as well because it's very we always say it's very very hard to like overeat on vegetables or mm. like something that's like a, a, a nutritious calorie, yeah, yeah a, you know a lower calorie high nutrient dense I mean, yeah, like I'll sit there and I'll try and make my way through just for the satiation factor of it, some salad. And you you honestly, I mean, Mm. you can't, you can't ever eat as much as what you actually think you can. I guess that's the entire point though. Yeah, obviously. But I'm just saying in the fact that, you know, in general, let's say that, you know, nobody's really willingly going to sit and eat like three broccoli heads. They'd rather potentially go and eat a Kit Kat. Yeah, I guess it's just palatable and uh, palatable foods that are highly... I guess actually not internally and externally. I kind of actually disagree with that statement because I feel like now, because maybe calories have become more prominent in people's lives Mm. or, you know, in in every sense of health and well-being that, that you actually would be surprised at how many how many foods that you can enjoy on a day to day basis oh, yeah, that don't sure. actually for have sure. that many calories. Yeah. And if you're going back on to supersize me, like if you actually had a McDonald's, you know, and then you weighed it up against potentially going to a all organic plant-based restaurant do you know what yeah. I mean where you're having a you know falafel top with hummus and avo and all of that, you, yes, okay, maybe nutritionally. Yeah. You, you're better off not having the McDonald's versus, you know, the McDonald's versus... Yeah, the nu- if you go but, nutrient for nutrient, then but probably if you go better off, calories, off going plant-based. But yeah, if you go, if you go off calories, calories, you'll realise that McDonald's actually doesn't contain as many calories as what you would mm. think it does. It just maybe is not as built up. It's not as fulfilling, though. It's not as no, satiating. Not. So you eat it, and then within an hour or two, you're, you're quite hungry again. Yeah, so obviously, you know, not saying that going to a plant-based cafe and eating no. a 14-pound bowl I think a lot of people, is... all the vegetarian and vegan people that we have worked with are generally quite surprised about the overall calorie content oh, of... Yeah of meals um but one thing that we also need to touch base on with regards to calorie counting and and counting your calories in general is uh one argument against that is that it is inaccurate in its kind of in the way you go about uh tracking in in terms of um you're allowed a 20 percent plus or minus variable on the labels that you put on foods actually that's um, a good can i interrupt you there that yeah, there's something to be very yeah of course i'm going to interrupt you anyway <laughs> um 
there is something that um, when it comes to nutritional labels, now for years and years and years, nutritional labels always had salt content, sugar content, nothing to do with protein, nothing to do with the actual necessities of, of a macro, mm. you know, macronutrients. And I guess people used to look at the back of a packet and say, right, if I eat at half of this, I'm going to have X amount of calories. As Mark just said, there is literally a lot government wise worldwide. And mm. I know, especially in the US and the UK, you are allowed as a food manufacturer to have potentially 20% less or more calories in the product and state the incorrect nutritional mm. information. Yeah. So going off of reading off of packets, you know, that's when something like my fitness power and what's the other one? Yeah, but called, I guess came... like you could say that if even if you have calories for at a restaurant, like or is the person cooking the meal undergoing a stringent like methodology where everything is measured so absolutely every single dish is uniform i would say in so some like, branch let's say change, for example yes. yeah for in some chains but like in a restaurant where somebody's using oil for example freehand like the difference between two tablespoons and six tablespoons is is a couple hundred calories yeah. So are you always going to consistently get the same amount of calories on that? No, but it's... So yeah, I mean, it's one of these things where, like, obviously, yeah. being aware of anything is great. You know, you know, you don't mm. need to necessarily read... You know, some people are very anal on reading, like, every part of the back of the packet. And if you've got severe food allergies, maybe. But yeah. realistically, most people don't even know half the contents of, like, mm -hmm. some food. Um, so you know, looking into that too much probably isn't really advised. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, as Mark just mentioned, when you do eat out in a restaurant, the stats are quite eye-opening. Now, we mm. actually, we vaguely brought this up, and I can't remember which podcast it was. Maybe it was What a Diet Is, mm. um, about the fact that the UK, um, I don't know if other countries just yet, I know when we were in South Africa, it was coming in a little bit, but... Um, restaurants now are allowed to have calories written on their menus mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna lie it's pretty eye-opening and it's, it shows that obviously that statistically is something that uh restaurants can um well it can be inaccurate for up to literally how many percent about I don't know it's about 200 it can be literally as inaccurate as like 200 no, well there were some some uh, studies conducted they measured the calories comparing a restaurant-based meal and a home-cooked meal, and they can vary between 50 to 200 percent in yeah. terms of it's a huge just the amount. way people, because people are cooking for taste. They're not cooking for for macros or calories. They're cooking so that the person eating and has a good time. Yeah. So I think if you're one of those people that likes to socialize or not necessarily socialize, eat the out. The one thing that I always used to tease Georgia about is my uh, beef with Jamie Oliver, who obviously does a lot of good for uh the uk and stuff the way he he pushes his certain agendas but then the, i remember doing a thought process of uh tracking the calories that he puts into different meals that he cooks on television and i basically stopped i stopped uh counting at when it was like six or seven thousand calories a meal yeah i mean like this is the thing like and also i will say there's many people in our industry i don't really like to class myself under like an industry because i feel like we're all individuals yeah, but there are many ask people you, what do you do for a job and you're like, like i don't uh, want to tell you that i'm actually in the, <laughs> literally yeah. like 
Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> okay. um, there have been many cookbooks launched in our industry from health and well-being gurus, yeah. which should I just say questionable? Questionable. Well, they did that. They did that independent thing, and they found that out of all the books that they that they did from all the influencers and Instagram famous people, only one or two actually met nutritional guidelines given by the yeah, UK it's regulating up, bodies. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up actually thinking about it because, you know, these are things that people get highly influenced by. Maybe you see somebody you like the look of or you might see them. But actually, if they're trying to sell you a health book and there's like... It's just cauliflower rice, not 10 times cooked differently. Yeah, no, not always cauliflower. Acai bowl, acai, acai bowls. Oh yeah, acai bowl. Acai bowls. I don't really like acai bowls, not really a fan. But in general, you know, there are things that have been statistically incorrect. It's really funny. It was not funny, but... Yeah, but I, bl- I don't blame the professional, the Instagram professionals. I, I blame the people that are publishing the books or the agencies that run these people's... Yeah, you because, know, you know... They should, they have a responsibility to, to, you know, fact check and look over the content that these people put out, but... At the end of the day, they're like, oh, you got a blue tick. Let me give you a book deal so you can become New York's bestseller. Yeah, no, not New York. Sunday Times bestseller. Whatever it is. I think, look, that's very achievable. And it's not very achievable. It's very great if you become Sunday's times bestseller in a book but if if you actually go like so many people have now come out over the past couple of years when obviously calories have become more prominent and Mm. I really think it comes down to the use of social media the use of seeing into people's lives and how they eat and what Mm. they do and how they do it and people being so fascinated with the thing is people have also belly flopped in in this industry from one minute they are x then the next minute they're plant-based then the next minute they're this then the next minute they're that and it's just like like, okay, well, what message are you actually trying to push? Because two years ago you were saying this, now you're saying something Yeah, and this is the thing, different. like, you know, you sort of, maybe you sold, and this is where I'm, I get a little bit, like, I find the industry just a complete mind fuck because, you know, you just sold probably tens and thousands, sometimes hundreds mm. of thousands of copies of books mm. where, it's like, you then come out correct. two years later telling everybody that it's, you know, you don't believe that, you know, and I'm just like, okay, well, you did just really profit off of that. Like, we all do, we've all, you know. Don't get me going down there when people are like, oh, I used to have X, Y, and Z back in the day. And you're like, yeah, but that's when you were also telling everybody you felt amazing and that your skin was great. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And that you are on top of the world. And then three years down the line, you're like, actually, that was when I was my most insecure. Yeah. So which is it? Are you being insecure or are you just trying to be relatable? I think a lot of people would like to be relatable, though, with everything because, you know, it's all about engagement these days. And I think sometimes you just can't necessarily be relatable to people you can't necessarily always try to be fitting every single mold you either stick you know we all change as humans throughout yeah. you know as you know if we go back to calorie tracking like you know you, it's not something you do all the bloody time so no. there will be times where potentially you might be feeling you know good in yourself and all of that and you really mm. you're pretty rigid on your routine and you're very consistent with things but then there's also going to be months years where you're not yeah. and and I think it's that's important okay that's okay that's totally fine. And yeah. I think one of the biggest things when we coach individuals is, 
it's always that thing of like what's next what more can i do how mm. can i do you know i need to i need to do it i need to mm. do more mm. and it's like actually just look at how far you've come already and look at how much you've been able to adhere to it mm. if you then go and mess around with things or want to reduce or increase or do all these drastic things because you might feel bored mm. or you might feel like you need to do stuff you're effectively then sacrificing the end goal of being able to really be able to maintain things yeah. because the end of the day like you even if you had a coach or you were being coached by somebody it shouldn't really be consuming your life like it should be something that complements yeah, it sure. and i think a lot of people think that you know when they go to calorie tracking that like literally this is the only thing they can do for the rest of their life and it's yeah. it's not really factually correct because we always say it's a temporary thing it's somewhere to get from x yeah, I guess it's we've an got educational to, tool. I guess we've got to clarify that we do obviously promote calorie tracking in the initial stages of our client's journey. And why do we do that? It's more an educational yeah. process where you're you're taking people that are not necessarily enlightened about how much food that they are eating and what their intake is like, and then you are quanti- you're making it quantifiable for those people. And also trying to educate them with regards to how much calorie expenditure they're they're doing and working on certain aspects of their diet. It's a very educational process. Mm. Um, Once you've kind of either A, achieved your goal or B, you feel confident in making those choices and you understand portion sizes, then you can start to slowly transition yourself into some form of intuitive eating. Um, Oh, let's stop you on that. Intuitive eating. I'll I'll lead you into intuitive eating. Oh, okay. Thank you, Mark. You'll lead me in. (laughs) One thing that we... like. You need to understand nutrition before you intuitively eat and understanding what you're consuming on on a day-to-day basis before you can then use your intuition. So what is intuitive eating? I think just going off of that before I, because as you said, you'd lead me into it. I am a firm believer that not many humans can intuitively eat Mm. that well. And it's not necessarily because they don't necessarily have control. Mm. It's the fact that as human nature, we highly underestimate the amount of food we consume. And I mean, you might have seen it all over social media. There's a lot of calorie comparison stuff going on and all of this and yeah there's a lot i've seen it viral stuff where people are doing sort of weighing out what 200 Mm. calories looks like in certain foods and all of that i mean i'm not really all for that i just kind of think like let's stop like plastering too much over the internet on things like this because it can like for example weighing out 200 calories worth of fruit then people start having a panic attack that they can't have the fruit or you know what i mean there is if they want to have 300 grams yeah like on it starts to become like the nitty-gritty really starts to ingrain in people's heads but intuitive eating i really think you know to get to that position you need to have a very firm understanding of yeah And essentially, with the definition of intuitive eating, it's not goal-driven. So you're not trying to lose weight. You're not trying to gain weight. You're using your intuition and monitoring your your own internal hunger signals to try and eat a a balanced diet or eat to a point of satisfaction um, without chasing a goal. So if you're like, oh, I want to lose weight, but I want to intuitively eat, that is 
counterproductive yeah, to the to the textbook definition. Now, obviously, everything's open to your interpretation. So. But no, due to the definition and the people that came, came up with the method of intuitive eating, you know, it comes down to you asking yourself questions technically yeah. and yeah. saying, like, am I full? Yeah. Is this where I should stop? Yeah. Do I need to eat this? Can Is I this... fulfill this need, internal need, with any other form but of But if you're in your brain habit. still linking intuitive eating to I need to lose weight with this, yeah. then it's not something... It's yeah. That is not intuitive eating. Weight loss and intuitive eating are two very, very separate yeah. things. The same with weight gain and intuitive eating. You know, there comes a point where... If you want the best return for what your goal is, then intuitive eating is is not something. It's something you progress to when mm. you come out of tracking to yeah. maintain and understand your hunger signals and your emotional signals. But it's mm. it's not something that's going to be a goal orientated purpose, no. shall we no. say? No. And it shouldn't be. And that's the fact. So the whole thing about it was the fact that. In fact, the intuitive eaters are sometimes a little bit against calorie calculating because mm -hmm. their argument and method is is that we should be full in control of, you know, what we put into our bodies. Yeah, but I mean, there's always going to be arguments for and against, mm. and everybody, you know, gets into their little camps of who they, whoever they support or whatever, you know, um, habit resonates with them. Yeah. Because of their nature versus nurture. So, yeah, I um, mean, but I, I, I guess, guess we're speaking from a coaching standpoint. And as a coach, we want to make sure that we help our clients achieve their goals, make them feel better. So we sit down with our clients and we're like, what would make you feel better? What is your goal? What is your biggest hurdle? They tell us generally nine times out of 10, it's we want to lose a bit of weight. So we want to be able to set ourselves up and the clients up in the best position to obviously achieve that goal. And because essentially, even though we did say it is slightly inaccurate, it's better to have some inaccuracy, but it still be quantifiable so that you're then able to make adjustments. Hmm. Um, and I think, as we say, then obviously... Just guessing, because... Yeah guessing or like just winging it or you know restricting a food group is it's a very short-term goal it's a very short-term result where you're you do something and then does it work does it not work um yeah and i mean look like i would say that a lot of the time people like to go on to methods rather than something that's just scientific because it's a little bit more sexy, you know, there's yeah. a little bit more oomph yeah, to it rather that. than just like numbers as such. But I think, you know, it all comes down to literally the same thing. It's just solved in different ways. And most yeah. people who... That's the, that's what uh, George and I will say this on every single podcast. The answer is always the same. So it's like... It's like then trying it, to I decorate. guess it comes down to then the per like it's like decorating a turd. You like it's all different. It's all different stuff, but it's the I same. I don't think I've ever decorated a poo. Yeah, Have like... you decorated a poo? God knows what you get up into your bathroom activities. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's true. Like you know, you just dress it up differently. You're just dressing it up differently. Like what was that show? Tonight, Michael. Is it Michael? Tonight, Michael. I'm going. To... Is it Michael? What are you talking about? You remember that show that was like tonight? Is it Christopher? I'm going to be X and the people would come out and be like Celine Dion. It's the same uh, thing, but in just different yeah, ways. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I said it was on What Google was it? Box. It's going to annoy me. Tonight, 
tonight, Michael. I think it was Michael. Something like that. But anyway, maybe it was Chris. No, that's Chris Tarrant. Who? Anyway, but they used to come out and they'd say, and they'd be something different, and they'd do something you know, different. Like three this people is people are different. Or Tina Turner. Everyone's Tina Turner. They're just different versions. Yeah, and you know, many people focus. As we said in the last podcast, so many people focus on like potentially things they shouldn't really be thinking about when doing. You yeah. know, but I think overall, our our vibe with calories is always going to be pretty positive but we have worked with many people who that shouldn't necessarily be their focus on the numbers no. as such no. and more it's about just i guess making wiser yeah, it choices depends on the person and the person at what point in their personal journey they are because somebody can start calorie tracking and be fine and then stop for a bit and then try and revert back to calorie tracking and then maybe find the overall targets and um you know consistency of it to be a bit daunting mm. so that th you then might have to then make adjustments or you know just l like we we always say you either you know when to paddle and then you know when to swim so so yeah. certain moments in your life might not be conducive to you being rigid with calorie tracking and things like that so you might want to step back a little bit to like a more intuitive eating where you're not trying to lose weight or gain weight you're just trying to maintain and then when you feel the additional motivation or you feel you know engaged yeah, I think by process to then say you can that, pick it up again calorie targets uh, this is a point actually when it comes to calorie tracking is if you are not doing it with a coach or somebody setting you targets mm you are likely potentially using an online calorie calculator we've got one if you want one it's it's yeah. fairly accurate ours so i wouldn't say it's, it's the one we use with all our clients we yeah. seem to get great results so god you sound enthusiastic about that they get fantastic results mark but it's not necessarily down to us it's down to their hard work anyway um Calorie targets, you know, stuff like MyFitnessPal, where you would then track, obviously, your calories on and so on and forth. They are known for when somebody wants to... Look, when you go onto MyFitnessPal and say your goal is weight loss, because majority of people going onto MyFitnessPal, that is the goal, is to lose weight, okay? And statistics show that. They give you the option how much weight would you like to lose a week? And yeah. I can fucking well assure Everybody you, cranks absolutely up. nobody is saying 0 0.25 to half a kilo a week. They're looking at the one yeah. pound, the two pounds, the three pounds, because yeah. they're thinking... Can I lose a stone in six weeks? And, and at the end of the day, what happens with that, because human psychology is that somebody goes... I, I'm going to lose, yeah, I want to lose, I've got 10 kilos to lose and I want to lose it all in the next four weeks. So I'm going to set my target at X. And so I want that loss. And so your calories end up being like for a small child. Mm, mm. And this is, this, this is where calorie tracking cannot be beneficial. Yeah. Because if the numbers and the targets are not correct to you as an individual, or it's a mm. massive deficit or complete you're already setting yourself up for complete fuckery because you physically as a human unless you are potentially going through an eating disorder of some degree and that's a very different situation but if you are general population and you are 
you've gone from never being adherent to anything to then going onto my fitness pal and following exact mm. guidelines to lose two and a half pounds a week you are going to literally be eating a thousand calories a day yeah. and when you start to track you realize how little a thousand yeah. calories actually is and then you get to the point where you can't find it sustainable and you can't be adherent and then you go off track and then you blame calorie tracking no i would even say that it just that really affects you might be like well that didn't work for me it's like it's it does work but if you're trying to eat at a five 500 or 700 calorie deficit every single day you're going to find it very restrictive and well yeah but i also think that you know with calories as such like it, it should really be down to, the, I mean, look, something like my fitness pal, their whole job is literally that. So they, mm. they don't need to do anything other than literally yeah. calorie tracking and, yeah. and making a database. Data. Yeah. yeah, so they should probably by now have better potential setups on there, which stops people falling into that trap of mm. eating very low calorie diets. Mm. And we are like, we always say this, there's many petite individuals in the world, you know, ones that are, you know five foot and weigh you know yeah. much less than what potentially a, a general person a general population person would weigh and and they can end up because obviously being a small human and taking they only really take in the data which you give them yeah. and and that can sometimes be yeah, a bit of a problem just, it's just inputs and in into a, a calculator that then makes an equation which is generally the what is it the um, I don't know, Mark. Sometimes Gre- uh, Mifflin, St. John, yeah, St. John, Mifflin, St. Gregor, or something. No, it's St. John. Is it? Oh my God, Mark. I would Google her, but no, well, it's, it's basically a predetermined. Um, ba- basically, it puts you in a bit equation. a better range, and it's it's a little bit better equation of calories yeah. than some but of if the you're, others. If you are like Georgia said, five foot two, for example, and you weigh uh, like. 55 kgs and then you go and you put that into a calculator and then take 500 off the top or 300 off the top you are eating 800 calories a day yeah and it's like so so this is when like becoming too obsessed with those numbers can Mm. be a little bit of an issue because it's maybe not correct because that hasn't taken into the fact that you might be super active every day or mm. you might not be super active. And the same, it can work in both ways yeah, because both you ways. could say well, on our calorie calculator, for example, you get the option of well, how much activity do you do, do, mm-hmm. do, 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 uh, do you do a day? And a lot of people or a week kind of overestimate yeah. how much they would normally move. They put themselves under a category of an athlete yeah. when actually normally, I hate to say it, most people are sedentary. So, yeah making those calories those calories then could be too much potentially for you on a day-to-day basis you know touching back on that little bit of a sidetrack but like you can still go to the gym five days a week or six days a week and if you do minimal steps outside of that you could essentially almost be categorized as sedentary still yeah because you know if we're going to go into the board like if you're not training like an absolute savage and you you know picking your nose in between sets then probably i don't know who picks their nose in between sets i I bloody well hope it's not you in the gym i was sharing uh the leg press leg uh with him and Ooh, he was why like, are you I... sharing it with because you when you go into a public gym Please and don't somebody speak says to me like i don't go you to a want public to gym. <laughs> you want to work in you offer the person to work in with you oh do, i don't i do know you me. don't that's i just I'm think saying. i'd pick a machine that's not not 
being taken yeah, by somebody. But anyway, so we were sharing the machine and I watched him literally pick his nose and then wipe it on the seat. Yeah, well, there's that whole study that was done that was like seven types, or 11 types of semen that were found yeah, on, dumbbells on dumbbells in the Virgin Active. Gross. And then there was that guy that was caught. Uh, no, Mark, that's it's not appropriate let's, okay, because let's move women back empowerment. No, it's no, I'm gross. Not, I'm not saying it. I'm just he saying was it was sexually disgusting. fucking happy, making himself happy whilst a girl was exercising, and that is everything yeah. that's wrong with men in gyms. We know quite a few men in the in in our gym that would potentially do that. I wouldn't even want to know. Say that I know them. I just think I have watched their disgusting behaviour. George like, has got real beef with the guys beef, at the yeah. at the gym. Not, I wouldn't know, only one of them, because he's a massive bellend. And it's about time <laughs> that he knew that. He's been kicked out of that gym once before. Yeah, he has. He's I, a, think, I think you need to take it upon yourself well, to Well, it nearly happened the other day. I, I think, think when we leave the just gym... Just say, mate, sit down. I'm not going to sit him down. Yeah, the thing is that he's got well, zero yeah. respect for women in the first place. He avidly, he literally said to Mark, he took Mark aside and he said, <laughs> you know what, I've been watching George exercise. It's actually quite surprising for a woman how she's got such good technique. What a twat. In one point, who are you to be fucking looking at me? You know what I mean? Get on with your own stupid Olympic lifting where you can't put clips on the bar and then you throw it on the ground and all the weights come off and nearly kill just like your general consumer. Yeah. Anyway, and also... At what point, do you know what I mean? He yesterday came up to me and said, oh, I'm just going to gonna take some of that weight off of your hip thrust bar because you've taken it all. I just looked at him, I was just like, shut the fuck up, do you know what I mean? Like, literally. Like, sorry you can't hip thrust as much as me, do you know what I mean? I'm sorry, do you know what I mean? Yeah, not, not many people can, though. No, I don't think many men would because I think a lot of men are quite weak. <laughs> <laughs> Feminist, like, literally. <laughs> No, I'm all for the fact that, like, it is, you know, going off of those environments, it's just not pleasant. And there are some women that can get on with it because normally they're the ones that really like themselves, you know, mm. a lot of the time. But I still don't think you're warranted to have any gross behaviour in gyms from no. men. You know, it's no. like the same as, like, no. harassing somebody in public or, like, catcalling them. It should be bloody illegal. I suppose, supposedly it is, but it still happens. But no, I think going back... <laughs> Going back to my side side rant of the gym and pick people. You get triggered by him. I do get triggered. You know what? Just imagine this. He wears the same t-shirt every day. He's in there every day because obviously we're very regular as well. His same pair of leggings, bright pink socks. He wears dick pants. And he wears dick pants. It's it's just not in every way. I just think it's It's not not a good good look. look. And he thinks everybody's his friend. And I just want to tell him that. Nobody is, is his friend, and he can't go around speaking Do about people. you think if you told him that, he'd be really sad? No, because he doesn't respect women in the first place. So I just think he'd look at me like, Do you, huh, Would lol. he hiss at you? Hiss? Yes. Nobody would come near me hissing. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be starting another fist fight. No, I'm joking. I'm not a violent person. You um, have uh, punched somebody in the face, though, haven't you? What do you mean, punch somebody in the face? You have you have punched somebody in the face once in my life, and I was yeah. kickboxing. There you go. Yeah, I don't think we should bring. Up. How did that make you feel? I mean, obviously, like boxing, I think is a fucking fantastic sport to just letting it all out. You used to have a coach in 
Cape Town, actually. Yeah, shout out to uh, Hendrik. Yeah, and the funniest thing is, is I, know, I, nef- I definitely know Hendrik's not listening to this, <laughs> so I'm going to say it anyway. Such a great guy, great little setup. You had a great time as his boxing instructor. Yeah, I, I liked it. But him. his intelligence on health and fitness was not exactly his strong yeah, point. Your stereotypical boxing coaches, I mean, yeah. old school boxing old school. coaches, where they're like, wear a bin bag over you to burn fat and, yeah you and like know. you only can lose fat in your stomach if you yeah. do like 10,000 crunches yeah, if you do 10,000 <laughs> sit-ups a day you'll uh, get abs Mark thinks it's obviously necessary to be best friends with everybody on Facebook you're one of those aren't you it must be an African thing yeah. anyway so he's friends with Hendrik on Facebook and the other month he uploaded a photo of his session on the salt bike yeah. and if you know what and he's very Afrikaans, so essentially English is a second language. No, Mark, don't even excuse it. It's spelt on the bike, do you know what I mean? Like, he said salt bike instead of assault bike. But anyway, anyone anyone that's been on a salt bike would have had a really bad time. But he always well, used to tell Mark... such a good name for a, an assault bike, because that's how you feel when you ride it. You feel assaulted. assaulted. <laughs> I think anybody that's been on there will agree. I think up there with rowing... Maybe if no, you're... No, a salt bike is, is just on a... Yeah, you're you know, like, oh, can you just burn 10 calories on the assault bike as like a target? And it's just like, it's, ooh. Yeah, so like, many yeah. of my clients have always said to me, like, I always hated yeah, you. Yeah, very handy piece of equipment. We used to have one in the gym. Yeah, it was your great. General, your general buy-in for that is minimal. Talking of calories, you'd burn a fucking load of calories on an assault bike yeah, if you, you went would. at a decent pace. Yeah. I do hats off to those that can like... Go like out and when they you do CrossFit games, yeah. Jesus Christ! Watching and those like CrossFit twenty calories, and then a handstand walk, and then <laughs> lunging Se- with seven thousand kips, yeah, like kippers to the bar, and, and like handstand push-ups, and then climb up a rope, and yeah, then, and then, we'll then run sandbag, 10 miles, yeah, yeah, ten miles. I watch those CrossFit things. And I go, yeah, rather you than me. Yeah. Um, there are some people that we know as coaches that are very, very fit in CrossFit. I think CrossFit's great actually for community. Mm. Mm. Um, in fact, the next gym we're going to train at is a little bit of a CrossFit gym. Yeah, but it's got an got insanely good strength setup. So I can't wait. Yeah, it can't wait. And we're not going to have dick pants. That's for fucking certain. Yeah, well, pants. I bloody well hope not. Normal pants. <laughs> normal I would pants. only wear. I oh, know this is going to be quite crude, but I'd only wear dick pants if I had a big jack. Right, Mark. Again, opening up to comments in which. I still think that if you're a man that exercises and you maybe train your lower body, yeah. it's the same with like when you stand on stage. Like, if you've got really large quads, mm. which obviously that's the aim of the game when you're yeah, like a bodybuilder, you want massive, you want ones, massive yeah. quads, mm. you've got no hope on the size of no. the little wieners, yeah, do the you? Little wieners. <laughs> the little wieners. Looking, again, it's, yeah, the it's bigger looking, and bigger your legs yeah. get, the less and less impressive you're. And that's why, obviously, a lot of people say, oh, your dick shrinks when you take steroids. It's not necessarily the size of your penis that shrinks. <laughs> it's just the rest of you gets proportionally bigger, bigger. so your penis looks smaller. Is that hit a sensitive point? And also, <laughs> when you take shitloads of drugs, especially getting closer and closer to your competition, your libido is non-existent. Yeah. So the chances of you getting erect is also Mark. 
You know what? You make me just want to curl up inside me when you mention things like that. Yeah, but this is this is an honest. And I open know, but it's also just the fact that all I'm imagining is erect penises, no, and it's flaccid not flaccid penises, other way around. Yeah, but when you say the words erect, all you imagine yeah, is erect. erect. Do you know what I mean? And now we're yeah. on Pornhub. <laughs> on the, let let's. Uh, so we obviously are a massive fan of Kit Kats, yes. and um, we bought those packets of um, like what's it? Nine fingers. Yeah, nine <laughs> you know those ones, the two finger Kit Kats yeah. in a multi pack, okay? And we came to realise that on the back of a Kit Kat packet, yeah. and if you were brought up in the UK as a child, mm. you would have been aware of a penguin bar, and a penguin bar always yeah. used to have like jokes on the back. Yeah, or a Freddo. Did Freddo's used to have in them? In Zimbabwe, that did. Oh, that's in a different... Zimbabwe. I don't think... I don't know. I've never they seen them. They used to have jokes in, in I eat it too quickly to actually realise what... Yeah. Anyway, we realised they've got some really good would-you-rathers on the back yeah. of the Kit Kat packets. And I was like, okay, this is quite good. And we're not sponsored by Kit Kat, but we should be after this with yeah. all of our thousands and of downloads. We, yeah, we also, uh, <laughs> we also consume a lot of Kit Kat as well. <laughs> Now, question is, Mark, how do you eat a Kit Kat? Do you eat a Kit Kat straight on, like, chomp, chomp, chomp? Or do you bite around the sides? Um, I unwrap it. <laughs> take it so it's completely bare. Do you not break it? I just, no, I just... Go double, double I, finger. I, yeah, <laughs> just double, double finger, the double finger. Double finger, the double finger. You I see, open my esophagus and I just... Inhale it. You know what? I would say I'm the complete opposite. The same with a mini roll. I've got to eat the outsides, break it in half, eat the outsides, then eat it apart, wafer layers, and then I'm satisfied. The same with a Twix. No, no, I eat it whole. <laughs> in fact, I don't even chew it. I just swallow it. So yeah. I think we're going to do, we're going to end yeah. this podcast with a bit of a would you rather. Yeah, can I go first? Jesus, okay. Yeah. Would you rather unknowingly have tissue paper stuck to your shoe or be left waiting for a high five in public? First of all, I never high five people. So, oh, I don't know. Depends on the situation in public with the toilet paper. There's nothing worse than toilet paper stuck to your shoe. Then what's worse is having like your knickers tucked into like a dress or something like that. I would say, I think I'd rather be pied on a high five. You'd rather be, and walk around with... Tissue, like... Tissue. tissue, tissue. I hate the word tissue. I think I think getting aired <laughs> in public is it's cringy. It's cringeworthy. I just don't ever high five people. So the I thing d- is, most men, right? We uh, there's a social experiment a mate and I did uh, a couple a couple <laughs> really? years ago. Oh yeah, what was that if social you, experiment? If you go on a night out and random men walk past you, if you put your hand up to high five them. 90% of a guy, even if they're randoms, will high-five you back. Okay, so your social experiment was taken on two men, you and your friend, yeah. and you went out on a night out. We just high-fived as and many high-fived. guys as, many as we could. Okay, and this is, again, a little bit of a loser behaviour to do that. I can certainly say that if a woman did it to a woman, I don't think... I don't know. No, I don't think... I've never really come across that many women no, that high-five each other. women don't really high-five each other. It's really a guy thing. It's because you do a like a clasp, do you know what I mean? Like one of those bro hugs. Oh no, you're not hugging strangers, you're just high-fiving them, a little fist bump. No, but whenever you see a guy, Mark, that you know, you do that thing where you like 
clap again, you know what I mean? Link, slightly link arms. It's like you're about to fucking country dance. Like, link arms and sort of like hit the the shoulders. Do you know what I mean? The clap. Hit the shoulder. You know, that hard clap. You've got to assert your physical dominance. In fact, funny enough, we were saying this yesterday because we've been in that car dealership because we've had to buy a new car recently. When I shake somebody's hand, I go in with with bad intentions. The salesman was really quite scared, I think, because you've got to go in with a hard grip. I go in deep and I go... He was ready to fucking run away. squeeze... Got to know that dominance, do you know what I mean? You've got to know. That you've got to know. A firm handshake. I mean, not too firm, especially if you're in a no, job interview. Like, don't break no, not, not obviously with ladies, but if it's with another dude. What the fuck's wrong with ladies? On. You don't want to crush a woman's hand, like squeeze her. Like, Arr! Like, Arr! And she's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're what like, you fucking creep? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? It's like, I've got a fetish for squeezing women's hands. Yeah. No, I got Take it from back to Dennis. my uncle was like, Uncle Walter, he was six foot four. He was a massive dude. And he used to just annihilate you. I would say that actually in my family, I know probably a lot of the men would have quite a weak handshake, actually. Yeah, but that was his thing, though, because his hands were so big and he was quite a a rough and a hard bugger. You Can know you stop what I mean? saying, what do you mean? Why do you need to say hard? Straight in it's just bringing it back to the erect situation yeah. anytime okay so yesterday this... george and i went and we crushed this dude's hand yeah fucking yeah. at least back we made some back. money do you know what I mean? <laughs> literally back to back hi nice to meet you yeah. fuck i've and literally got to go sh- to physio we now. shake hands and we do that and you do that little you know just touching the fingers then what like just a little bit of a what's yeah, it like a wet like, class yeah, no, i can't do that you know I'm what i mean judging. just like I'm a little a, tap i'm sorry but i'm judging are you judging? Yeah, I'm oh, judging. That's very judgmental of you. Funny I know that. it's really close-minded of me, but I'm I'm open to to admitting it. <laughs> and so you're a bit of a bell end. There we go. Um, yeah. Would you rather sing everything you speak or mm. dance every time you walk? I would rather dance every time I walk. No, do you know what? I just wouldn't speak. I'd be a mute. So I'd rather not look like a that complete weirdo be... in public. Do you remember when we used to live? If um, on the Fulham Road in yeah, London, that, that woman that used mm. to dance up the road, and honestly, you don't do yourself many many favors. I know dancing's a way of expression, but within a dance, not when you're yeah. Walking. But you could sit down and not walk and be normal, so or you, you just, could sit down and be singing every time. Yeah, I just talking. wouldn't speak. I'd rather be a mute. Just learn sign language then. I guess. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I mean, imagine pretending yeah, that you're a mute and actually you can't <laughs> I lost my voice once for 12 weeks. I had to go yeah. through speech therapy. Yeah. In fact, um, yeah. I, had to, I had to write everything down on a whiteboard, <laughs> literally. And for somebody that knows me, I speak far too much for that to have gone wrong. So um, I'm sure my parents loved it when I lost my voice for 12 weeks. Um, probably not when they had to pay for the speech therapist. Yeah, when they were like, that will be four And then I got pounds. my voice back on a jet ski in Thailand. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, the story. It's, very, it's weird when you're like, you know, I had a lisp for like a year. I think you I still was... do have a lisp, actually. Thanks, <laughs> like slight... <laughs> slight lisp. Should okay. One more? What's the next one? Oh, yeah. Uh, would you rather have to parallel park every time you go out mm. or be caught in every single red line? Um, I'll parallel park. Parallel all park, the hands time. down. Yeah. Like being stuck at red lights. And if you live in London, oh my God. You know, we've obviously just mentioned we've been going to car dealerships and they're always in the weirdest areas mm. of London. And we've had to like drive across London. It says it's like 10 miles away and it takes like two hours. 
absolutely annoying and when the traffic light stops even when you're on the bus or anywhere it's just irritating you know you're having a good day when you can drive and all it's all green lights yeah I'd pay a lot. i'm quite confident with my parallel parking so well i think if you're having to go 20 miles per hour in london you're guaranteed to be stuck at a red light probably mm. aren't you um anyway that's but a that little would segment be super of would you convenient rather. if you just drive around or you just hit green lights all the way you're going that would be yeah, well, some people drive like they hit green lights and not it's not a green light. <laughs> yeah, I curbed the car yesterday, didn't I? Test driving a car, do you know what I mean? It's good at Talking least Talking about curbing the car and then curbed it whilst the guy was like... In the back of the car like, like an oh, awkward salesman. No, oh, no. Well, you bought the car, so it's fucking fine, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're now going to have fucked tyres and we're going to have to replace them within... Oh, well, do you know what I mean? The story yeah. of the garlics. It never goes completely correct. Yeah, it's <laughs> Always, it must be. It must be the garlics. It must be something. It's the garlic name. It's the garlic. No, I don't think because there is some people that families go after the garlic. No, I'm sure a they're having a great time. People with the surname garlic. Mm, nowhere in the UK have I ever come across somebody with a surname Type garlic. Type it into Facebook and see if there's thousands. Yeah, but you just never know what's fake and real on Facebook. So yeah. garlic spelled C K. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, there are tons. Well, it's a very well-known South African garlic family. They are multi-millionaires. In the retail industry, aren't they? Yeah. Funny that, related to that family. <laughs> anyway, guys, a little bit of a chit-chat on calories today and yeah. just our general viewpoints and opinions. We will be back next week with another podcast. Yeah. In the meantime, any questions, you can yeah, send them our know. way. And maybe at some point, the garlics will have a jingle. <laughs> anyway, guys, great speaking to you and we will chat to you soon. Have a good day. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.